3: Spring
2: is almost here, and so is the all electric Hyundai IONIX 6 with a sleek aerodynamic design and loads of innovative tech. The IONIX 6 makes going electric hard to resist. Hyundai, it's your journey. Extremely limited availability. Call 562 314 4603 for complete details. Hey, everybody, what's going on? Rob says Hello to everybody, all the wonderful people that listen to the Survivor Exit interview week after week. I appreciate you. So happy that you're here because we've got a good one here today. I have a feeling that we we are going to have a lively interview here with Claire, who's going to be joining us here in just a moment. She became the third player voted out of the game, fourth person out of this season of Survivor 44, uh, which has been... A fun season, but I'm sure Claire will talk about uh, what it was like to become the third woman voted out of the game. So that's coming up here in just a moment. We've got a busy day here on Rob is a Podcast. I will be uh, taking calls from the patrons at 1 p.m. Eastern Time today. I'm sure we'll take a lot of different questions about this season. And then I will be speaking with Rick Devins. And I think this is a great time to jump in with Rick to talk about what he is thinking about this season and all of these fake idols that the players are putting out into the game, of course, uh, just the start of our coverage here on Rob is a Podcast. You can catch it all when you're subscribed at a slash Survivor Feed. We've also got Jordan Kalish coming up after my conversation with Claire to do this week in Survivor History. And if you want to watch the video of my conversation with Claire, that is going to be up on our YouTube channel at a slash YouTube. All right, let's go ahead and talk to Claire hi rob hi claire i am very disappointed to be talking to you today but it is an honor to speak with the Soka chief laziness czar the modern day sit out queen it is uh (laughs) very nice to finally get to chat here on the record claire how you doing today
0: doing as good as you can be after watching yourself get unanimously voted out after playing zero immunity challenge and voting zero times. But, you know, spirits are as high as they can be.
2: Yes. Okay. Well, uh, you have a good attitude uh, about it. Okay. So I guess let's start with, do you feel like sitting out of challenges is something that cost you your game?
0: I definitely don't think it was the main factor of why I Home, I think like it makes sense. It's a very easy way to like corral people and to talk, especially early on. I do not think me sitting out was the reason I went home. I think like it was a smart strategic move specifically by Danny to take me out. I think he clocked me as the threat that I am or was. Um, And so, yeah, I think definitely was a, a factor, but I don't think it was the factor.
2: I definitely want to talk more about the politics of the Soka tribe, but can you just speak a little bit about how you feel like the three tribe format is affecting the game here in the new era?
0: So I love everything survivor does. I'm a huge fan, obviously. I think the three, three tribe format has a lot of pros. I love getting to know people a little closer. I think it's a little fun. You get a little bit more dynamic gameplay, but as we've seen, the three tribe format and in the current setup, three tribe format, no expected swaps, does really lend itself to a kind of surprising, but non surprising pattern of women and people who are perceived as weaker getting voted out early, especially when you see these challenges that are just physically daunting. You know, it's very heavy blocks, very heavy pieces, even the puzzles that would be like normally brain power were requiring just like brute force strength. And at that point, it makes sense. People are trying to keep their tribe strong. You're not thinking you're gonna swap, so you just wanna make it to the merge. And so you really are just like, if it's all about pushing heavy things and a challenge, it makes sense that a lot of women are gonna keep getting voted out.
2: Okay, now in terms of-
0: on top of- And the last thing I'll say is, with six people on a tribe, vote losses matter a lot. Yeah, And so on top of that, having mechanisms that take away votes very early on, also is just like very difficult.
2: Thank you for uh, getting into all of that. I'd love to talk about how uh, this specific vote uh, came into play. Did you know that there was potential heat on you going into that immunity challenge?
0: Yeah, so I, I like I, the way I thought about it was like, I really truly, up until day five was sitting pretty. I was really safe, I felt stable. I had a lot of people who wanted to work with me and probably Matt would have been the vote around day six, I noticed like a vibe shift specifically with Danny and the way he was interacting with me, the way we were interacting together. And at that point, like mid day six, I started to be like, I don't think Danny's rocking with me right now. I don't think he really wants to work with me. And so I knew going into set day seven not, like, if we lost, it was gonna be an uphill battle and that Danny was gonna try to do something. And obviously that was confirmed. But so I knew going into that last challenge, it was kind of like make or break.
2: What do you think caused the vibe shift? Was that when he found the idol?
0: I think it was when Matt found the idol that swapped it. Like, I think it disarmed Matt for him, right? Because Matt doesn't have a vote very openly. Matt has a fake idol that Danny knows about. So he has like a fall guy that he can always go to. He can always trick Matt that he is a real, a fake, uh, Matt, Matt think he is a real idol. So I think that disarmed Matt. And then separately, like, we had been strategizing, going in circles for so many days. And I think he started to clock that I was like a little bit more independently thinking and like had a little bit more going on up there and was like a little bit more of a social threat as we were getting closer to the merge. And I think all of that together, he realized like he got it. He had to take a shot. And this was like an easy kind of that he just had to like barrel through to it.
2: Prior to all that, was Matt your target or did you have somebody differently that you were trying to target early on?
0: It's kind of hard because I loved everyone, but like, you know, full transparency, it was not anyone above me. And at that point, Matt didn't have a vote. Josh didn't, was saying we could vote for him. Danny was saying we could vote for him and Heidi was saying it. So I was like, I really just wanted to keep Franny safe. I really like Matt and Franny were my go- my people, but like Franny was slightly above Matt just in terms of like our relationship. And so I was okay with that. It wasn't going to be me and that was fine. And then I think, um, but like, I really, there was no one I was like hoping that would go at home.
2: Claire, can you speak a little bit more about, you said that Josh was saying that people could vote for him. Was he having a hard time out there?
0: Yeah, I think he's just having a hard time connecting to people. Like, I think, you know, we had very specific personalities, really big personalities, really bubbly. And Josh was definitely a little bit more reserved, a little less forthcoming with details about his life. Like he told us he he was very vague because he was telling us he was a physical train, a personal trainer. And so he didn't have a ton of details about that. He didn't want to talk about his scars or he had like a tattoo um that he was kind of like making up a lot of backstories and I think that kind of impeded us from getting to know him because he was keeping a lot of things straight Mm -hmm. um and so it's just like a little hard to read him and for me I like I feel really strong and I can read people I know how people feel about me where I stand and with Josh he was definitely a little bit harder to read
2: Claire, you alluded to people losing their votes, uh, creating problems in the new era. How much did Matt not having a vote at this tribal council really dictate the outcome?
0: I mean, I can only speculate, right, because that's a counterfactual, but like, I feel very strongly and Matt and Franny were down to work with me. We wanted to work together. The three of us wanted to be together and had Matt had a vote, it would have put us in a much stronger position, right? We could have said, let's ride, let's pull Josh, let's pull Heidi, let's pull somebody in. And we would have had the numbers, but realistically, and probably my biggest strategic mistake was once my three-person alliance, basically was a two-person alliance, I should have been jump ship focused on just being with the majority, mm-hmm. but I thought we are going to be able to like finagle something. And I, I kind of misread how much Heidi cared about me.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and, um and as a result, I think like I wanted to stay in that middle place and maybe a little bit too long, but had Matt had a vote, I assume me, Franny, Matt would have gone really hard, probably still after Josh. Cause Franny really wanted Josh gone. And I think we probably could have swayed Heidi at that point. Um, And so I think I had a much better chance of staying around. had Matt had a vote.
2: Claire, do you think that you were perceived as like a third wheel onto the showman's? Because a lot of people have said that that's a, actually a, usually a good spot to be in in the game.
0: I loved it. I was like, that's great. If they're going to like put a target on their back, like I obviously didn't want them to put a target on their back. So that's why you hear me being like, Franny, separate a little. But I had no issue. I think you hear it in my, one of my confessionals. They wanted to go talk about being nerds. They wanted to go geek out about stuff. I was never afraid that it was going to like mess with my connection with them. I don't know why, but I just like, really bonded with them and just trusted that we had a relationship. And if they were slightly closer, that's fine. As long as they wanted to work with me and we could have been an alliance, it was fine that they like had crushes on each other. Like that's cool. Um, you, although Cla- Clanny would have been a really good show, man. Clanny. Um, but yeah, Claire and Franny. Um, oh, okay. I, but, I don't know. Yeah. About, I don't know
2: about Clanny.
0: Yeah, but fine. I would like <laughs> workshop that. Fine. Rare, rare.
2: Anything's Whatever. better than Clanny.
0: Yeah, you don't like it. A little, little too.
2: <laughs> I think that's what we're trying to go the opposite direction of.
0: Okay, next question.
2: Yeah. Okay. So, um, could you, you mentioned about your relationship with Heidi. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about those conversations you were having with her on the beach?
0: Yeah, I feel like from day one, like especially, I feel like Heidi was kind of like, not everyone was immediately gravitating towards her. Like, I think you know. Danny was off building shelter. Josh was off doing strong boy things. Matt and Franny were doing their little gig gab. So me and Heidi spent a lot of time together. Like I got to know about her family, about her experience moving from Puerto Rico to America. Like she really reminded me of my mom and we spent a lot of time together, just like chit chatting. Both of us did a lot of like stuff in the kitchen area. So we would like make coconut together. We would make crab together, do stuff. And I felt very connected to her to the point where I was like, trying to be like Franny pick time, get to know Heidi. And like, I kind of just like really liked her and thought that she cared about me. <laughs> um, but it was a really good relationship and I understand like she made a strategic move. and um, But I definitely thought that she would kind of support me a bit more based on how close we were compared to everyone else. Like she said to herself, she wasn't close with Josh. They didn't talk strategy. I was one of the few people who actually talked strategy with Heidi. So I was very surprised and it was a little tough to watch and to be there with her going, yeah, I love you and all, but I don't know if I really, if you're worth keeping around. Like, I don't want Danny to be upset at me. I was like, Mm -hmm. you're not even voting Danny out. And I was pitching to her like, girl, this puts you in an amazing position. You put Danny alone, you put Josh out. Danny's alone by himself, still needs to work with you because you're his closest ally. I'm indebted to you and want to work with you. And then you have Matt and Franny on the side, but they were going to be fine anyways. It put her like the square swing vote so to me i was like that's a great pitch Mm -hmm. heidi hated sitting out i was also like if you vote me out they're gonna start sitting you out next and so i was trying everything but she just kept going like i think danny's gonna get mad at me and like i don't know if you're worth it and i was just like my life in this game my life dream is coming down to whether i'm worth it to somebody um but yeah
2: yeah All right, Danny said in the episode that he had a lot of heat on him. Were there a lot of people suspecting that Danny potentially had the, whatever was in the birdcage?
0: There was no heat on him. No one cared. Like he would always run off and do a thing. No one was like, Danny was so safe. He was the strongest person in challenges across all three tribes. There was no heat on him. No one was ever going to target him. Like we said, in this three tribe format, a Danny never goes home. Unless somebody like, You get together and you say, maybe we'll lose our strongest, but we'll have like a better bond. Danny was like literally never going to have a name thrown out. He's the only person whose name never came out. And like, I get it. But I mean, that was a little overblown in my opinion.
2: Mm -hmm. Okay. You had a really iconic moment, uh, several, uh, really. But in the first episode when you were at the reward challenge and you had the conversation with Matthew, Was that an idea you had going into Survivor to have those types of conversations? Because we really have never seen it before in the US version of the show.
0: I'd always watched them and like, why aren't they chit-chatting? You're sitting on the bench, you're bored. Why not like share some information, get some stuff? And so it was definitely premeditated on that first one. I realized once Bruce went home, which was so sad and devastating that we were going to have two sit-outs. And so I was kind of like, if somebody good sits out on that side, I'm going to go. And so when Matthew sat out, then I was like, okay, guys, like, I know you want me to all sit out. And I knew from that minute that I was going to talk with Matthew. I had like premeditated this whole thing. And I spent those like three hours chipping away at him to get those little, that nugget you saw. I spent so long just slowly giving him information, giving him like just chit chat to go from there.
2: Um, Is there anything that you feel like that uh, you could have done differently?
0: Yeah, again, I think the biggest, well, yeah, I think the biggest thing was literally just Once somebody in my three-person alliance on a tribe of six lost their vote, I should have found another alliance, right? Mm -hmm. Like you've seen it now, especially in Modern Survivor, people who lose their votes rarely are the ones to go home. You know, Sarah Wade didn't go home in, in this episode, like she stayed and her closest ally went home. A lot of the time when you're close to somebody who loses a vote, you become the target. And I should have seen that and gone, I would have loved to work with them. They were the people I felt the closest to, but- numbers are numbers and I should have just like bailed right then and there. Um, especially because I had like an inkling that Matt probably lost another vote. Um, and so at that point I was like, mm. and so that was my biggest mistake, I think strategically.
2: Okay. Uh, chief laziness are is that strategy or it's just, uh, trying to be about being comfortable out there?
0: That was honestly in reference to like, as you see, Danny is boundless. Like he's, he's actually somersaulting. He's swinging from trees for no reason. And I think, and you see this in the same way that I felt pressured to sit out because I wanted like the tribe to be cohesive. People try to keep up with the person moving the most. And they're trying to like, you know, if Danny's building the shelter, even though we have a solid shelter and he's building a fourth wall on our shelter, you, you would see people like Matt and Franny feel like they had to just keep going and going. And Heidi's also hummingbird and you would, Matt and Franny start like getting lightheaded, getting nauseous. And so I was literally like, I am literally going to be the chief laziness art. Y'all need to sit down. Yeah, We have a shelter. We have enough firewood for the moment. Like conserve your energy, people. If we're so worried about tribe strength, let's focus on winning challenges, staying like staying fed, staying strong. And so that was what I was in reference to. But yeah, I also like, I don't know. I think there's like a perception that laziness is bad, but I also wanted people, I wanted to be very clear. I was not searching for idols. I was sitting at camp going, Mm -hmm. I'm here guys. I'm here. I thought I could build strong social relationships, probably showed too much. The fact that I was like social, but like, sorry, I guess next time I'll go in and be more awkward and like off putting. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think, yeah, that's who I am. I wasn't like lazy though. I was going for firewood. I was getting coconuts. I was basically like kind of the main person who would like cook and cut up. Like I would People would open coconuts. I would scrape them. I would prepare food. I was doing like, I found my rolls. And yeah, it wasn't me like chopping down bamboo, but.
2: Okay. Well, Claire, thank you for so much information. I have to go back and listen to this again because I want to make sure that I got everything that you gave us here today. Uh, So great. Very disappointed to see you go out from the show, but it
3: Mm.
2: it was great to get to catch up a little bit.
0: Yes. And I'm sure we'll chat more, but thank you for the time. It's a dream of mine. And so unfortunate to be talking so early, but always, always lovely.
2: Okay. Claire, talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. All right, everybody. There you have it. Claire Rafson. Very fun to talk to Claire. Get the sense that uh, we could have gone on for much longer talking about everything uh, that she was seeing out there on the Soka tribe. I have no doubt we'll hear from Claire More in the future on RHAP. Uh, Just uh, a lot of energy that she brought to the show and very disappointed to see her end up going out. All right, we will take a break. And when we come back, we've got Jordan Kalish standing by for another round of This Week in Survivor History coming up right after this.
3: All right,
2: Let's bring in a guy who has all of the Survivor history books in his possession, and he's gonna read to us from them now. It's Jordan Kalish, Chapter One, and so it begins.
1: Survivor Jordo. Yes. What's happening? How are you? Uh, I'm I'm doing well. Uh, once again, uh, a lot of, a lot of fun so far with uh, season forty four. Things are going great. Baseball season has started. My team looks good. Rob, this might be the first year where I actually have enough pitching to to actually Baseball get things done. Baseball season started. Well, that, for my coaching, my, my coaching season oh, started. Oh, oh, okay. No, ga- no games yet, but I've, uh, I have had my first day of practice uh, this week. Uh, looking good. Team's looking pretty good.
2: Mm, okay. Well, uh, happy to hear that, Jordan. Okay. Thank you. Thank All you. right. So, uh, also, the season of survivors looking pretty good too, right?
1: Mm-hmm. When people are listening to this, is Aaron Rodgers a Jet yet?
2: No, maybe Friday. Maybe let's see what happens. Okay, St. Patrick's Day, we'll go crazy. All right. Anyway, Jordan, let's talk about this week in Survivor history, baby. Let's, let's do it.
1: I I think I've been going a little bit abstract this season, Rob. Where I've been like taking basically general concepts. Last year, last week, we had the curse of the M's. Like like very little of that stuff actually happened this week. This week in Survivor history. Mm-hmm. But let's go old school. Let's actually talk about what happened this week in Survivor history. And it's really going to be. We're going to be talking all about Survivor Winners at War today, okay? Mm. So we're going to go great season. Uh, I've I've always been a fan of uh, of Survivor Winners at War. I think uh, between that and Heroes versus Villains for my uh, my favorite returning player season. Um, so let's let's go to the episode from actually two weeks ago uh, in Survivor history, from March eleventh, twenty twenty, but close enough. It was Saturday, three years ago. So we're going to be ta- we're going to be doing a couple questions from this this that last week's episode, and then we're going to go a couple questions from the following episode, which happened uh, next Saturday. Uh, okay. this week Speaking Survivor okay. history. So from last week, who found the idol at the new Yara camp after the winners at war swap? Uh, I will give you multiple choice if you need it. If you get it right after the trivia the question choice. is
2: uh, who is in the Yara tribe? Um. Well no. that who, should who, be the who who found the idol <laughs> yeah, at the Yeah, like uh, I know the, the names Yara of the camp. tribes and winners of war. <laughs> okay, sure. All right, but go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Okay, so the 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 new the new Yara camp. I will tell you it's the it was the the newly formed tribe. It's the uh, the green tribe. That's the tribe that we are Oh, uh, the green?
3: For. Oh, okay. The green.
1: They were green. So, uh if you get it right without multiple choice you get 2 points. If you need the multiple choice you get 1 point. So, who found the the idol at the new Yara camp in the winners of war swap?
2: And and you can't tell me who is on the Yara tribe, correct? I can tell you that this is the auxiliary tribe. It was
1: not; it did not exist when the game started. This is the new tribe.
2: Okay. Once um, I give you
1: the multiple choice,
2: you'll. Make- I'm gonna I'm <laughs> gonna guess that it was um, is an idol. Uh, I'm gonna say that it was uh Sophie. Sophie is correct. So you get two points
1: there. You didn't need the multiple choice. I think now you know what tribe we're talking about. Uh, and there's a follow-up question to this. This is also going to be for two points if you get it without the multiple choice. On the newly formed Yara tribe, Sophie was forced to give half her idol to another player as part of that idol's twist. Who did she choose to give it to? I believe she gave it to Sarah. Sarah is correct. So you are you are a perfect four points for four points. Uh, that was all the previous episode. Now we're actually getting this week in Survivor history. Oh, a couple more questions guy. for you. Yeah, So uh, we had, yeah, that was previously on Survivor. And this, this is now, uh, this, this week on Survivor. This is from uh, March 18th, 2020. Uh, I believe this is the, uh, the first episode, uh, you know, um, once everything shut down uh, three, three years ago, uh, the, the, um, the previous episode, I believe, was the last one actually that we went to the bar for. So mm-hmm. uh, interesting times. In Survivor Winners at War, who found the idle nullifier on the edge of extinction and sold it for a fire token?
2: Who found the Isle of Fire and sold it for a uh, fire token? Um, Boy, um, I'm going to guess that it was. I'm trying to think of who was there at the time. Um, did, Did Tyson do it?
1: Your good friend Tyson, your mm-hmm. podcast co-host, did find the idle nullifier. So you were a perfect six for six. Tyson is correct. And I have a follow-up question to this one as well, also for two points. Who did he sell the nullifier to? Parvati. That is correct. You are a oh. perfect eight for eight points. Having a good week. Bounce back week. Yeah. Um. Good job so far. So I think, I think you know your winners at war. We have a couple more questions. At the new Cele
2: tribe. I haven't thought a lot about winners at war recently.
1: Yeah, I know. And it's, I think some of these more recent seasons, uh, even though they happened, you know, you kind of forget some of the details. But so far, you you have remembered the details. You may have not have thought about Did it. Did a great you podcast
2: in the Top 40 Countdown on Winners at War with Shannon and Taryn, who were very that high was a on lot Winners of fun. at War.
1: And I believe that was, uh, how, how long was that? Was that a six-hour podcast? No,
2: it wasn't that long.
1: Was that not six hours? I don't know. It, it was. I, I know. I listened to to the whole thing. I thought it was a, one of the one of the longer ones, but it was no. It was great. That
2: was Shannon and Chappelle for uh, Heroes versus Villains. That's
1: right. That's right. That's the one I'm thinking of. I, my my uh, this week in the top forty countdown history, I guess is not so great. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the New Celie camps, so, uh, this is the uh, different different tribe. Now this is the Blue tribe at the New Sele tribe. Who didn't join the majority to vote against Parvati in order to earn her fire tokens?
2: Hmm. Who
1: didn't join the majority that voted against Parvati.
2: In order to get her fire tokens. Um, was it... Um, I know Wendell offered her that deal. Um... But I guess it was Michelle. Michelle is correct. So again, you have not
1: needed the multiple choice. Uh, So Wendell did offer Parvati a deal where if she uh, if she voted for somebody else besides him, he was going to give her uh, a fire token or maybe two fire tokens. Uh, But Michelle is the one who actually uh, voted for Wendell at this tribal council who uh, she used to kick it with uh, allegedly and um, earned Parvati's fire token. So Mm -hmm, that is correct. mm -hmm. Perfect score. On the new decal tribe, this is now the Red Tribe. Tony's plan was to put an alliance together of all the threats, which included everyone on his tribe except for who?
2: Um, I believe Denise was uh, not seen as a threat by Tony.
1: Okay, so yeah, so that this alliance, uh, fun alliance between uh, uh, T- Tony, Jeremy, Kim, and Sandra, uh, Denise uh, was the one that Tony did not consider a threat. Uh, he he had to endure her, and he let her go. Uh, supposedly, yeah. Uh, but so now we get to our last question: Who did Jeremy vote for at the tribal in which Sandra was voted out of Winners at War?
2: Can you please repeat the question?
1: Yes, who did Jeremy vote for at the tribal in which Sandra was voted out at Winners at War? Oh, who did Jeremy vote for? Um, perfect score so far. you're gonna win the game no
2: matter what. This is just the gravy here. gravy. Um Jeremy, I think he was he voted for
1: Kim. Kim is incorrect. So you do lose a point here. I will give you the multiple choice. It's either A, Denise. You know, it's not B, Kim. I think C, it was probably, Sandra, Denise. Or D, it was probably it, Denise. It was Denise. Yeah. So Denise uh, played the idol on herself. She also played the idol on Jeremy. Uh, this was a 1-0 a, a vote where Sandra went out with the, with that with that lone vote. So everybody did vote for Denise, including Jeremy. Uh, but you get the win. Uh, you got all the questions right. Uh, the last one, you need the multiple choice. But good job on this game. You know your survivor winner's at war. And because of this, Rob, one more thing. The verbal rebus. It's happening. Okay. Uh, okay. So this is, she doesn't like to scramble, but she will tell you to take out your teeth. She doesn't. love uh, Brenda? Brenda. Plus the first letter of the first name of the guy who claimed to be more confused than a goat on AstroTurf.
2: Nasir. What, what are we doing with Nasir's name? The, the first letter of his name. Okay. So, N, so that's Brendan.
1: Yeah. Plus, Fitzpatrick.
2: Yeah. Nope. Uh,
1: (laughs) No, not Brendan. Brendan Fitzpatrick. Uh, Plus the coconut blank challenge. Fill in the blank. Chop, chop. Plus, based on his starting tribe on season thirty-five, JP Hilsebeck was considered this hero. Brendan Shapiro. Brendan Shapiro. Good job. I am in a. I am in recording this from my phys ed office. Decided to go with the phys ed teacher Brendan Shapiro for the verbal rebus.
2: Okay. There you go. We're right. doing it. Baby. Uh, shout out to Brendan Shapiro. Shout out to uh the Surviving Snyder podcast. Rick Devins will be my guest, his co-host on the recap today. So it all See? works out, Jordan. I'm totally my plan.
1: I knew exactly what was going on. And uh yeah, I, I had to get the Devins tie in, and that's why I went with uh Brendan Shapiro.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. All right. Jordan Caleb. Cheesery. What's, <laughs> what's, <coming? laughs> She's
1: right. what's no going re. What's going ever brings you. that up anymore. No, no.
2: Uh, Going on for me. Nobody ever brought it up in the real time. I think either. Yeah, yeah,
1: I I was very confused by that. Like apparently it was a sports reference.
2: I didn't. I I think it's a reference to the Tony Kornheiser show.
1: Yes. I, I think I've told you that PTI is the first Twitter account I ever followed. So I, oh. I should have known that reference, but, but I, I don't really listen to the Tony Kornheiser show, mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. but anyway, um, what's going on with me? I mean, if you haven't listened to survivor Academy yet from last week and you're a patron, uh, go ahead and listen to that. I had a great time, uh, recording with you. I thought that was a lot of fun, you know, get, got to give some, uh, some advice to the future survivor players. Um, we have, uh, of course the New York viewing parties. I've had a lot of people reach out to me this season. If you're in uh, New York city or going to New York city for the week and you'd like to see a see watch survivor with a bunch of like-minded super fans uh come to the viewing parties reach out on social media i'll tell you where it is um and then uh, next week we'll be back with uh with the twitch
2: okay all right jordan great job and i'll talk to you soon talk to you soon La All right, everybody. There you have it. Jordan Kalish, thank you so much for checking out the Survivor exit interview. It means a lot to me that you check these out week after week. I've got a busy day here today talking more Survivor with the patrons on our patron happy hour, which you can hear in our patron podcast feed. Then I will be at 6 p.m. talking with Rick Devins before I talk Farmer Wants a Wife, episode number two with Jenny Autumn here on a busy Thursday. Thank you so much for joining us here for the exit interview. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye.